Hello to everyone listening. Chances are, if you're listening, you're pretty excited about the start of college football and Kentucky football in particular. So I'll say hello to the Big Blue Nation. I'm your host and publisher, Justin Rowland. And if you didn't already know, it is finally game week. That's right. College football games have been played, real blocking, real tackling, and I had never been excited about Wyoming, New Mexico State football as I was on Saturday night. You know, the world might be a little bit crazier than usual, but but it's right when college football begins. And we've gotten great feedback on this podcast, and I really appreciate that from you. I also appreciate you listening. Please continue to listen, spread the word, subscribe, and rate us on iTunes. There are a lot of Kentucky podcasts, websites, information sources out there, and our niche is keeping it on topic, strictly to the material, Kentucky sports and recruiting, because you're busy and diehards, and ours is a podcast and a website for diehards who can't get enough and want to go deeper. And today we've got a special special guest on our podcast, uh, John Evans of Chippewa Country, the Rivals.com and Yahoo Sports website covering Central Michigan sports. So there's nobody better for us to speak with this week. John, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great, Justin. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, I've written a lot about Central Michigan already, and so this is a dangerous podcast for me because you could potentially make me look really full of it if you (laughs) contradict a lot of what I said, but that's a risk I'm willing to take to get your expertise on for for our listeners. So let's get to it. You know, Central Michigan had a pretty dramatic turnaround last season, it seems like, really struggling, and then in the last month of the season, something or, or some things clicked. They started running the ball more and better and forcing turnovers. They won... Their last four games before losing to Wyoming in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. And this is a different team. New quarterback, a lot of new skill guys, new secondary. But is there anything positive that Central Michigan and fans can take from that turnaround at the end of last season? Or or is this just a total program reset with a new team? Uh, Yeah, I think the entire mindset of the fans, the program, everything is very positive. Uh, Ever since Coach John Bonamago took over three years ago, uh, the program has been trending up. And, uh, yeah, last year was a great turnaround. But his first season, you know, he, he won uh, seven games, went to a bowl game. Next year they go to Oklahoma State, upside a top 25 team on the road. And uh, things t- things sort of fell apart later on in uh, 2016. But last year was a great year. Turnaround, Shane Morris at, at the helm at quarterback, uh, really led a charge there at the end of the season. Yeah, I think everything is just really positive heading into this year. Yes, they're young. There are a lot of new faces, but this is one of the most talented rosters the team has had in quite some time. It's really setting up a big year in 2019, but since it's week one, we don't want to look ahead to that. Uh, Everything is really positive right now, and I think uh, fans are really excited for the year. So, I mean, there's a lot of directions we could go. I'm fascinated by the quarterback. Is it Tony Poljan? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Tony Poljohn. Poljohn, yeah. big big time recruit. He was a top twenty player in Michigan. He's a huge guy, like six seven, two thirty five. Good skills. I noticed that in really limited action. Maybe this was a situational thing, but probably says something about him. He ran it more than he passed it, twenty seven to twenty one times. So, talk to me about Tony Poljohn and and what it mean meant for him uh, for Central Michigan to get a guy of that caliber. What kind of player he is, and and maybe expectations as a first year guy. Yeah, it was a really big deal when he committed. Um, he was recruited as a tight end by both Michigan State and Nebraska, uh, kind of a testament to his athletic ability. He's six foot seven. He, he's just a monster out there. And last year, he actually appeared in every game, and a lot of those appearances were at the wide receiver position. So it was not only about getting him reps as a quarterback. Yes, he did uh, run a lot when he was the quarterback, 
but it was more about just getting him game experience at the Division One level and, and at that um, level of Division One opponents. So he, he comes into this year as the starting quarterback. He's been handed the reins. He's been the leader in the drills, spring practice, fall camp. Uh, he's first in line of every drill. And I think he's I think he's ready. He's kind of been groomed for this. He, he redshirted in 2016, and he got to learn behind Cooper Rush, who was on Sunday Night Football last night for the Dallas Cowboys. He's their backup quarterback to Dak Prescott. Uh, went to the same high school as Tony did, Lansing Catholic and Lansing, Michigan. Uh, so he kind of got to sit back and watch him during a redshirt year, and then last year getting the reps at wide receiver and quarterback, and then also getting to learn from Shane Morris, who had a long career at both Michigan and then finishing at, at Central Michigan. So uh, he, he's just a really big athlete. He's got a strong arm. Uh, the CMU offense is a high-risk, high-reward offense, so it's stuff to take some shots down the field and, and see, see what kind of big plays can be made. As far as you know, the guys around him, Jonathan Ward is obviously somebody who we we've had to mention. He hadn't done a lot before last year. Apparently, a really good story. Just kind of the surroundings that he grew up in and how he he was able to become a success story. Um, and now he's regarded as one of the top players in the Mid American Conference after rushing for a thousand yards. And more impressive to me, you know, almost fifty catches, almost five hundred yards. Just an all-purpose guy in every sense of the term. You know, with the losses at some of the skill positions and with a new quarterback, how heavily do you think they're going to lean on Ward and what seems to be a pretty solid, pretty deep group of, of running backs? Yeah, they're going to lean on him very heavily. Uh, you, you hit it right on the head there. Uh, the running back group is definitely the strongest of the offense. Uh, they're experienced. All three returned from uh, last year, all the top three, I should say. Um, and they have a true freshman in Kobe Lewis, who not really sure what they're going to do with him yet, but he's had a great fall camp. But Jonathan Ward is really a special player. Um, his highlight tape is just just freakish. Uh, he, you are right. It is really impressive what he can do catching the ball. He's a great runner. He's got great vision. And he's really tough to tackle. But when he gets out of the backfield and into a route running position, he is really scary because of his quickness. And he is a good route runner. Uh, he can line up in the slot and. You should expect to see that. Uh, you might even see it in week one a lot. He will line up in the slot. He'll line up uh, in the backfield. Uh, a lot of shotgun formations, so not too much under center. But, yeah, expect to see a lot of Jonathan Ward. And then uh, his counterpart is Romello Ross, who had a huge freshman season. Well, not a huge freshman season. He was kind of put into action at the end of the season. It kind of broke out. Had a great bowl game against Minnesota. Then he tore his ACL, missed his entire sophomore year. Uh, he's back at 100%. He played um, – in a lot of games last year and had a little over 200 rushing yards, but we should see a little bit more Romello Ross this year to give more of those breathers because, yeah, they are going to lean on him pretty heavily. You think the, uh, I mean, Paul John is obviously a different quarterback than Shane Morris was as far as, you know, the shifting strategy, the offense, building an offense around the quarterback and also wanting to build a quarterback's confidence as he's coming in first game, first time as a starter on the road, um, pretty pretty solid opponent. Do you think they're going to be pretty conservative to start out, or do you think they're going to surprise some people and attack uh, attack the Kentucky defense? I would like to tell you that they're going to come out slinging it and you know play action, deep ball right away, but I really do think they'll just play it conservative because it is a first start. You know, let's let's get his feet wet, get a couple short passes in. That's probably what will happen. Uh, it is a little bit of a different uh, offense from what Shane Morris. So Shane Morris is a good athlete. He could run. But he's, he's not nearly the athlete uh, Tony is. Tony's much quicker, uh, which is weird to say because he's so much taller and bigger. Uh, Tony is really fast, and uh, he proved that with 
a ton of rushing yards in his high school career. I think over 3,000 rushing yards in his high school career. Um, so, so you will see a little bit of a different approach. Tony will have more run-based packages, uh, designed runs for the quarterback that Shane Morris did last year. But yeah, I would expect them to come out, uh, you know, get his feet wet and play it a little safe early on. But you never know. I mean, it, it is an SEC opponent on the road, and uh, these are the kind of games that, that Bonamigo and the staff really get up for. So we'll see what happens. How concerning is the uh, the skill position turnover? I know they lost Tyler Conklin, a really successful tight end. They've got um, they've got some some guys coming back. I know one of the, one of the top receivers was coming back um, from a, an ACL injury. Um, I, I, the name escapes me. I think Brandon Childress. Um, yeah, Brandon Childress. But I, I talked to Coach Bonamigo on the Matt teleconference today, and he acknowledged that like some freshmen are going to have to step up. So. Just uh, is that a big concern? Just so many new guys, um, especially with a new quarterback. Yeah, I think that's definitely the biggest concern going into Saturday and the season as a whole. They did lose their top four pass catchers from last year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, Childress would have been in there had he not get got injured. He got injured on a freak play. He was celebrating a touchdown actually, and uh, tore his ACL. He is back. He's one hundred percent. He was doing some drills in spring camp, not participating, but he's been back this fall. Uh, so, so he'll be ready to go. He's kind of the leader out there. He's a junior now, and he's a guy that Jamie fans have really been waiting to break out. And, and I really thought last year was going to be the year until the injury. Um, he's had a couple big plays in his first two years, so we'll see what he can do and, and if he can uh, you know, kind of get, get a connection with Tony going. Uh, but, yeah, the receiver group and the skill position as a whole is, is really just a, a question mark right now. Uh, they do have some guys coming back. Damon Terry is a junior. Uh, he's a guy you'll probably see a lot early on. Uh, Jamil Sabah is also a junior. He's mostly special teams his first two years. But, again, the experience counts here. And uh, the big name to watch out for is Devin Spalding. He's a fifth-year senior. He got a medical uh, red shirt last year. So he's able to come back for one more year. He played running back his entire career. He's making the transition to receiver this year because of the staff backfield. You know, they're just forming up carries to go around. So he's transitioned to wide receiver. He was just named a team captain yesterday by uh, Coach Bonamigo. So we'll, we'll really see what happens there. He, he's not that big. He's about 5'11", 205. So, you know, good running back frame. But we'll see how he works out at the wide receiver position. He, he's been a leader out there this fall. Really interested to see how, how he works out at that position. He is a good pass catcher. I always thought he was a better pass catcher out of the backfield than he was running between the tackles. Uh, some, some young guys, though, to look out for. Uh, there's a guy, Julian Hicks, who's a redshirt freshman from Cleveland, Ohio. He's a good playmaker, 6'2", 186. And then uh, Drayton Law is another guy I think may get some good play. He's six foot four, redshirt freshman out of Mobile, Alabama. And uh, anytime we can steal guys from the state of Alabama, we're happy about it. So we'll, we'll see if those guys get some run. But I, I would expect them to lean on those juniors with the experience, Childress, uh, Damon Perry, and uh, maybe even a guy like Ja'Cory Sullivan, who's a sophomore. He was forced into action last year because of some injuries and got some experience. So it is a big question mark right now, but it is a talented group. So I guess we'll just have to see what direction uh, that coach decides to go in. I don't want to butcher his name, but one of the, the... – Offensive lineman expected to start Clay Walderzak. Is that right? 
Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. It looks like they've they've got a couple of tackles that might be undersized, but it seems like this is an offensive line that's really been built for an up tempo offense with a premium on athleticism, explosiveness. Um, with new tackles, um, is, is especially again with a new quarterback. Um, what what's the forecast for the offensive line? Again, uh, a little bit of a question mark. Although they do bring uh, back some experience, they've got uh, like you said, Clay Walters, ex senior. Uh, did get some run last year. He's actually a converted tight end from a couple of years ago. Shakir Carr, senior, uh, he was just named the team captain yesterday. He'll kind of be the leader up front there. And uh, Steve Steve Iper is a guy who got some play last year due to some injuries. He was stepped into action, and, and he did a really nice job. And from what I see this fall, he, he may actually be moving to center. So it's going to be him, and uh, you'll, see, you'll see a rotation there for sure. But uh, with the new tackles, you know, there's always a concern there. The size is not a huge concern for, for myself or for Steve fans, I don't think, because of the offense. Like you said, they do run up-tempo, and the scheme is sort of – it's kind of strange. It's almost like a run-spread scheme. So they are, they are you know, training and, and practicing to be active and move around. They're not just stand up and block the guy in front of you. They do a lot of different things and move guys around. So the size is really not a huge concern because we, we want them to be a little bit more mobile and, and agile up front. So you'll see you'll see a rotation there. And big problem for the offensive line the past couple of years has been health. And I know you know every team deals with health issues up front. So if they can stay healthy, I think this group can actually be a little bit more solid than we have in the past couple of years. On the other side of the ball, uh, is it Joe Ostman or Joe Ostman from, from last year? Um, yeah, Joe Osman. Osman uh, led the FBS in sacks, I think, in only 11 games. But you know what? It sounds like Central Michigan's coaches actually feel pretty good about the defensive line. Normally you would think you lose a guy like that. How are you going to replace him? It seems like they feel like they've got pretty good depth. They added a couple of grad transfer guys from Power 5 schools. They returned some, some guys who have been big contributors. Um, the, the linebacking core, all three starters return. Malik Fountain is, is going to be a fourth-year starter. So it seems like they actually feel surprisingly good. Kentucky fans might be surprised to find out about the front seven in spite of losing you know, such a star talent. Yeah, I actually think the front seven is the strongest point of the entire team. Uh, the defensive line returns multiple players with experience. And like you mentioned, they do have some grad transfers. Sean Adesanya from Illinois, he's a senior uh, transfer. And uh, 6'3", 240, kid that's got a lot of talent, uh, highly recruited coming out of high school, just hasn't had the opportunity to stay on the field. He's been injured a lot in his career. So if he can stay healthy, we'll finally get a chance to see what he can do. And then the other transfer, uh, big name there on the defensive line, is Marcus Griffin. 6'3", 330 pounds. This kid is an animal up front. Uh, he comes over from Arizona. Uh, another kid who just didn't really fit in with the with the Power 5 program finds a home. And one thing that Bonamigo always preaches about these transfers is that they need to be a good fit for his program, not necessarily how good the kid is. You know, he's got to sit down and, and chat with them and, and make sure it's a good fit. So uh, it's exciting to bring those guys into a front seven and a defensive line that's bringing back uh, – a lot of experience. Uh, Nathan Brisson Fast is a senior defensive lineman. Mitch Stanitzek is a defensive end who was just named a team captain yesterday. He's a senior. And then you've got uh, junior DeAndre Dill in the middle who's a three-year starter. He missed some games to injury last year. 
But uh, he, he was really a guy that his freshman year had such a good season, people thought he was going to be a really strong defensive lineman for the Chippewas. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year. And the other guy that kind of got it, the guy that kind of goes under the radar is Mike Dana. He's another defensive end. He's a junior, another three-year starter. Um, maybe not a starter his freshman year, but played a lot. Um, he comes off the edge very quickly and strong, and he's the guy that I'm looking at to, to replace those numbers from Joe Osman. He comes off the edge. He can get a lot of quarterback sack, and, and he's going to cause a lot of havoc out there. The secondary was definitely one of the strengths of the team last year, but they lose a lot of uh, a lot of guys in the secondary. One guy they really impressed me. It was uh, Sean Bunting. Um, I read what the coaches have said about him. Apparently, he's a really confident guy, and maybe got to rein in some of that confidence. But he was like a turnover forcing machine at the end of last season, like five turnovers forced in like that four game winning streak in, streak in November. But you know. A lot of question marks around him in the secondary, especially when you lose such an elite pass rusher. Is that is that an area of concern? I think I think that this area is a little bit less of a concern than the wide receiver group. Uh, similar between the two, you know, bringing one guy back and the rest are kind of uh, new faces. But with the defensive backs, uh, you mentioned Sean Bunting. He, he's really the leader of the group, uh, junior. He started one game his freshman year, but he appeared in every game his freshman year, and then he started every game last year. So a ton of experience there, and yeah, he he is a turnover machine. Uh, Teams that throw at him generally don't turn out well. Um, The other guys, though, to look out for, uh, the one guy guy I'm really looking forward to watching is Xavier Crawford. He's a junior. He's a transfer from Oregon State. And he comes over to reunite with his former coach, Corey Hall, a former NFL player who has been hired as the defensive backs coach for CMU. He's got a history with Coach Bonamigo, and he was actually the interim head coach at Oregon State at the end of last year. So Crawford comes over, he's eligible to play this year, and I'm kind of expecting him to start opposite side of Bunting, so they'll have two juniors there. And then at the safety position, Daquan Jamison, another junior, played a lot last year from Leesburg, Georgia. He should be the other starting safety. And then the other position is kind of up for grabs. But right now it's looking like Devani Reed, a redshirt freshman. Coach Bonamigo is very high on this player from Belleville, Michigan. Uh, strong hands, good athlete, really fast. Uh, some some speed that you don't normally see at the safety position. So we'll see, we'll see if he can make some plays. Uh, some other guys to look out for would be Brandon Brown, redshirt freshman. He's from, originally from Buffalo, New York, played his high school ball, finished his high school career at Canada Prep Football Academy, uh, kind of went under-recruited. At the very end of his recruitment, Boston College and Rutgers both stepped up with offers, but he stuck with CMU. Uh, really good athlete. Some people thought he might play last year as maybe a kick return or punt returner specialist, but they ended up going with the red shirt for him. So we'll see if he can get some run out on the field. And, and These young guys, uh, Coach Bonamigo has said that He's more impressed with this group and their talent of any secondary group he's had since he's been the head coach. So for him to say that means a lot. And uh, I think that they are actually going to surprise some people. And they're getting a lot of help from that front seven. Like I said, I think the defensive front seven is the strong point of the team. So hopefully they'll be able to uh, you know, relieve some of that pressure on them on the back end. I hate to put you on the spot like this, but yours is a unique perspective. Do you have a, a prediction 
uh, as far as like a final score and outcome or, or any convictions as far as how the game is going to be played out? Oh, goodness. These usually get me in trouble, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I actually think it's it's going to be a closer game than some think. Uh, I see, you know, Vegas has a 17-point spread for Kentucky. Um, I know that Kentucky's got a, a much more talented team than they have in the past year, years as well, so... I'm a little torn on it. I, I think that Kentucky comes away with the win. Uh, tough to go out on the road with a brand-new quarterback and a lot of new faces like that. And uh, it, it is going to be interesting to see if the offense can find some kind of rhythm with, with Tony Pull down there. Uh, but let's go uh, you know, 34 to, 34 to 24, Kentucky. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than some people think. I think maybe uh, in the first half, the senior defense keeps things close, but... Uh, that running back that Kentucky's got is, is quite a player, so maybe tough to shut him down all four quarters. Well, th- this was a very unique perspective. I-, I don't feel like I was misleading people too much on Central Michigan, but there's only so much you can get from reading stories and trying to become like a quasi-expert in a short period of time. So, so J- John, yours, uh, yours was very good information. I appreciate that. Thank you for, for coming on. Everybody, thank you for listening. We try to keep these to a to a short amount of time so you can uh, get a lot get along and about your your busy daily schedule john thanks a lot man thank you appreciate it and that is the end of this episode of the cats illustrated podcast we will probably have another one with, with myself and jeff drummond our managing editor breaking down the game from a kentucky perspective only uh what we're hearing from mark stoops and his staff uh in press availabilities from sources uh, and any new happenings, obviously the big event over the weekend was uh, Landon Young, and and he's going to miss the entire season. There's a lot of stuff up on the set about that, and you want to keep Landon in your thoughts and prayers and his family as well because he had paid a lot of uh, put in a lot of work and paid his dues, and that's a very, very tough break, tough news for him. But again, I'm Justin Rowland. Thank you for listening.